what God has given him to do in this place shall be done to his glory. Amen. Amen. So we salute you, Pastor Benjamin. We worship God for your life and we thank God that you really obeyed Jesus and came to this place to pastor us. I'm, I'm part of the church, so I'm including myself. All right, I'm part of the church. I was here uh, when we began, and uh, the story is, is a long one. But we thank God for what he's doing. I want to thank God for Minister Mary. Uh, she's somewhere. God bless you. We thank God for the choir, Sister Melissa and the team. We thank God for your lives. Amen. I want to thank God for all the trustees, the ministers, the elders, and everybody that is serving in any capacity. God bless you. God bless you all. We really, really appreciate you for what God is doing. All right. Um, the poster up there is a workshop that uh, I believe God gave me a direction to start in 2020. I think we started talking about life. I call it a life workshop. And so we bring topics. Uh, and these topics are topics that we discuss uh, practical things about life. I want to call it um, like a workshop where you pick up tools for life, ideas for life. So uh, we're talking about service tomorrow, and um, I'll be giving some practical ideas about what it means to serve, what it means to serve, serving God, serving man. But it's a workshop, so I'm going to go very, very practical. We'll not use so much of scripture, but we'll talk practical things. So I will encourage you to join tomorrow. It's 8 p.m. on Zoom. Uh, Pastor Ben will share... Um, the, the link on your platforms and so you can link in. It's, you are not supposed to travel. Just be at home and log in. That's all you do. So it's on Zoom. It's a Zoom event and it will be a blessing to you. I encourage you to participate and be a part of it. So I bring you greetings from your sister church, High Priest Chapel. I pastor a church in London called High Priest Chapel and uh, Pastor Benjamin was there about some few was it February? No, no, no. Last year, you we were there last year to bless us. It was a wonderful time. Uh, he came along with the team, uh, Sister Melissa and the rest were with him, with him, and it was a blessing. So we thank God for, for his life. Um, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word today. I pray, God, that you will speak to us. I, I ask that your goodness will shine upon us very strongly. I ask that your name alone will be exalted in this place. Father, you alone be exalted in this place. I ask that you will speak through me. Let somebody receive your word and let your word stay in our hearts. Let it not be that we hear your word and it goes out of our lives without engaging your word in the way it's supposed to be. Lord, let it be said that when we receive your word, we took it into action and it blessed our lives. Father, let it become a living well, a spring within us. So as, as we live our lives everywhere we go, your word will be exemplified in us. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. The next few minutes, I want to share um, something that I call, this is something that I believe God gave me for this house. And I thank God that I obeyed to meditate and think about it because it has opened me to a lot of things that I can share in my own church. So uh, thank you for, for inviting me, amen. <laughs> it has opened me to a lot of ideas that I want to take and share in, in High Praise Chapel. But I want to talk to you about what I, I don't have a PowerPoint to share, but you can make some notes uh, and then take some of these scriptures down. It will be a blessing to you. Uh, and the topic I want to treat today is what I call rock bottom to rock up. Rock bottom to rock up. 
Thank you for the amen. <laughs> so rock bottom to do what? Rock up. So what I'm trying to do is to help us to understand that in life, life, uh, we all go through different experiences. Very difficult one at times, sometimes very easy ones, but we all go through challenges and stuff that really strike us to the core of our being. And we come to places where we seem not to have any more of ideas of what to do to get out. You can be in a rock bottom place, but there is hope for you because you can work your way out of rock bottom places to a rock up position. Amen? And that is what I want us to talk about and discuss this afternoon. So rock bottom to rock up. Now, when we say rock bottom, what are we really talking about? What does it mean? It means the lowest level possible that you could ever get to. Rock bottom. It's a term. How many of you have heard that term before? It's a very popular term, right? Rock bottom. It is used to describe a position where you are at the bottom of the list. (laughs) It reminds me of a story in the book of Judges, chapter 6. The story of Gideon. Bible says that Gideon were with the Israelites and the Midianites had come to occupy them. They were in hiding. Gideon was also hiding. An angel of the Lord came to him and said, Brother, a mighty man of valor, the angel called him. And he looked at himself and said, How could I be a mighty man if I am in hiding? Then when the conversations went on, Gideon said, If you care to know, Mr. Angel, me, I am the least in my family. My family is also the least amongst the tribes. And my tribe is the least among the tribes. So I am the least of the least of the least. How do you call me a mighty man? Mighty men are not men that run in hiding when an enemy comes to fight. Am I talking to somebody here? So it reminds me of this experience. And this man was at a rock bottom place. He told the angel. I am not mighty. So rock bottom is the least of the lowest. I mean, when if you are interested in mathematics, one of the things that you would have studied is the number line. Is that correct, Pastor Ben? <laughs> or the scale. Or when you buy something online or you go somewhere, they give you a survey to do. They'll say, can you rate us from, uh, 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 from zero sometimes or one to ten? On a scale of one to ten, tell us how satisfied you are with our service. Where ten is the least, or rather, is the highest. And one is the least. So, Let's say Global Crossfire Church. And I come to my brother here. How would you rate this church? Don't say it. Pastor is here. (laughs) If you are very generous, you look at the scale and think, oh, well, pastor preaches well. The sisters are singing good. So maybe I'll give them, I won't say a figure so that you don't have a bad idea. I won't say a figure. But if if you can imagine a a number scale, uh, one, two, to 10. 10 is the highest and you have to uh, place where how satisfied you are. And then you go to the bottom, look at 1 and you place it at 1. 1 sometimes is even better. But when we talk about rock bottom, I'm talking about that if there is something before 1 like 0 column, right? Sometimes you wish there is 0 in, 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 on the scale so that you can grade these people because you are so dissatisfied with your service. Rock bottom. Rock bottom means the least of the least. And when I say rock up, rock up 
is a term that also describes a situation where somebody arrives. Especially in situations where you arrive late. But not late as in the negative sense of late. It is late as in all of a sudden you showed up when nobody was expecting you. Am I talking to somebody? So, I'm talking to you about a situation where I believe God is going to help somebody to understand that you can be in a very list of list situation, but there's a way in which you can work your way out of that list and bottom place into a place where you can say that God has helped me to arrive. When nobody was expecting me to arrive, I came. I came limping, but I still made the journey. Amen? So, I believe God has something to tell somebody today. And it feels in my spirit as though God is saying that for some of us, we have been in certain situations and it is time for us to tell ourselves, I've been hanging around at the bottom for some time. It is time for me to get up. It is time for me to rise. It is time to begin to find a way to get out of this rock bottom place because there is a rock up place that I can also occupy. Amen? Rock bottom to rock up. So, everyone thought you were never going to arrive, but you showed up. You rocked up eventually. There are areas where I can think about when I think about rock bottom positions. Sometimes systems can hit rock bottoms. Systems. A system that we use to play Sometimes you can come to church and then you plug it in and then it doesn't play. It is a rock bottom situation. Sometimes things can hit rock bottoms. But the most difficult you know, observation that I've made is when I see people hit rock bottom. It can be very devastating. It's okay for systems, drums and microphones and, and, and the systems that we use to get our lives going to hit rock bottoms where they are not able to function. But it breaks my heart to see when people hit that low of low in life. But the Lord is going to help somebody today. Amen? Because you are working your way out of it and it shall be to the glory of God. People's health, your health can hit a rock bottom situation. You are all good. Then all of a sudden you go to the hospital, complain about a headache and the doctors examine you and said, it is not the headache that you are feeling. There is something deeper that is going to actually kill you. And all of a sudden, you have hit a health crisis. Rock bottom. And you wonder, am I ever able to get out of this situation? Rock bottom can hit you. You know, your morality, your confidence as a person can hit rock bottom. Your, your ability to study the scriptures can hit rock bottom. Your prayer life can hit a place where you don't seem to have the energy to pray anymore. You used to pray three hours, one minute, or however time you used to pray, but all of a sudden, the desire to engage in your prayer life is gone. Rock bottom. But I want you to know one thing, that it is easy to focus on the beginning and an end of a thing. But many times, while we focus on the beginning and an end of a thing, we seem to forget that in the middle, there is what we call process. Everybody say process. 
So, my, my aim today is to help you to understand that you may be at a rock bottom place, but you can also find your way out. You can navigate yourself around so that you can see God help you to come to a rock up position in the name of of Jesus. So today, I want us to focus on how people are able to move from rock bottom to a rock up position. Amen, somebody. There is a process involved. People don't just rise to the top. There is always a process. There is always a discipline involved. There is always something that has to be done so that you can get to where you need to be as an individual, as a believer. As a child of God, as a married man, as a married woman, there is something that needs to be done so that you can see yourself rise from wherever you feel you are so low into a place where you believe God needs to get you. There is a process. There is a discipline required. There is a certain endurance that needs to be in place so you can get to where you need to be. It takes a certain process that I call the in-between. Something in between rock bottom and rock up. What is that in between? What is the process? What is what I must, what is it that I must endure to come to that place of rock up in Jesus' name? There is something you can do to get out of that place. And God can also do something to help you to come out of that rock bottom position. So how do people position themselves? How do you position yourself so God can help you? However you deal with this situation will determine how God can also come in to support you. Because you know that God's love is ever available. It's ever available. It never finishes. Somebody put it this way. That you can have soap in your bathroom. How many of you have soaps in your bathroom? If I don't see your hands, we have to pray for you. <laughs> I'm joking. But you see, you can have soap in your bathroom and go to the washroom every day and never apply the soap on you to bath. And you will come out to people and they'll begin to go away from you because you will carry a certain order. Why? Is it because you don't have soap? You have soap. But if you fail to apply the soap on you, you will stink. God's love and God's abilities and grace is like that. It is available. God is saying if somebody can engage these things that I have for them, they will be benefiting from it greatly. Amen? So, there is a way, there's a process, there's something you need to do, there's something that you must learn so God can have the freedom to operate and help you in the way he needs to help you. Amen, somebody? And so I want to share with you some few scriptures I'm going to major on two main stories in the Bible of people that were in a rock-bottom situation and how they positioned themselves for God to help them to a rock-up position. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are coming out into a rock-up position. The rock-bottom will not be forever. Look at the fellow and say, the rock-bottom will not be forever. There is a rock-up for you. You will rock-up in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I will rock up in Jesus' name. Amen, somebody. So God can do something. Let me read a scripture before I get into my main uh, uh, example here. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 8, quickly. It says in the NKJV, he, He raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars 
of the earth are the Lord's. And he has set the world upon them. This is Hannah. When God answered her prayer of childlessness, the Bible says that she began to sing a praise unto God. And these were her praise. She said, I have known this God for some time. And I can testify to you that this God is able to lift the poor. The poor. One that has hit a rock bottom position and lift them up and set them on their, on their feet again. Amen. I see the Lord do it for somebody. The book of Psalms, Psalms 40, verse 1. The psalmist says this, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. Inclined means that God kind of lean on. Lean on to me. Or lean to hear what I have to say. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Is that somebody who is going through some horrible situations? The psalmist is saying, God is able to bring you out of that horrible place. Not only that, look at it. It says, out of the Mary clay. Mary clay is a very dead, I mean, uh, it's a thick mud. You know, thick mud. The ones that when you put your feet in, it can get you stuck. And you try to move and you are not able to move. Am I here? Am I here? Is somebody with me at all? So the Bible says, he said, God is able to lift me from the miracle. My point is that God is able to help you out of any bottom pit. Amen. God is able to bring you out of the bottomless place and, and bring you out into a place where you can say, I have also arrived in Jesus' name. Everybody seems to have the testimony of arrival. When is my own arrival going to come? I came to tell you that it is coming in Jesus' name. Come on, Global Crossfire. It is coming in Jesus' name. So let me go to an example in the Bible. Genesis chapter 27 from the verse 38 to 40. It's the story of Esau. Esau was the brother, a senior brother to Jacob. How many of you know their story? So the Bible says it was time for them to be blessed. Their father Isaac is now very old and ready to bless them. Normally in that culture, it is the firstborn child that receives the father's blessing with the right hand. But for some reason, Bible says that the blessing was switched. And so Esau had to now lose his birthright and the blessings that were supposed to come to him. Jacob had taken the blessing and has gone. Esau is now very bitter. So he came to his father and this is what transpired in Genesis chapter 27 verse 38. Listen to what Esau said. He said, and Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Look at verse 39. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother and it shall come to pass, listen to this, when, when you become restless, restless, that you shall break, break the yoke from your neck, break his yoke from your neck. In other words, the blessing that was given to Jacob was like a yoke on Esau's neck. He says to him, if you shall be restless, somebody say restless. If you shall come to a place where you will say, the bottom is enough for me, I don't want to be there anymore. God, it's time for me to rise into the place of another blessing. So he said to his father, father, 
Is there only one blessing that you have? It is like saying to the father, there must be something within you that you can say to bless me. I agree. My brother has taken the blessing. No problem. He has taken the, uh, the, the firstborn's blessing. It is okay. But is that the only blessing that there is? Surely, father, there must be a blessing for me. This is the voice or the attitude of a person who says, I don't want to belong to the bottom anymore. But he started crying. The Bible says he cried. He wept to his father. Not to God, but to his father. He wept and said, Father, there must be something. So the father had to pull a blessing from inside of himself. And said, my son, I can bless you. But it's going to be a hard blessing. But it is a blessing anyway. He said, you will serve your brother. Okay. You will do that. You do that. But one thing that you must do is that when you become restless, when you become tired of being a servant to your brother, when you become tired of the bottom, then you will begin to break the yoke of the servitude over your life. So it was. When you read the story, you find that Esau did not remain in the bottom. In fact, he was so blessed. The Bible says the time came for him to meet his brother Jacob. Jacob thought that his brother Esau was going to kill him, slash him into pieces because he was so afraid. He knew what he has done. So he was hesitating to come and meet his brother. But the Bible says that surprisingly, he met his brother and instead of war, the brother met him with a kiss of peace. Come on. Because now the bottom was no longer his place. What was stolen away from him did not matter anymore because he became restless. Because he became tired of the, of the, of the situation and he said, God, it is my turn to rise. And he rose. He rose up and was blessed also in Jesus' name. I see somebody getting blessed in the name of Jesus because you will be tired of the position you are in. You'll be tired of the bottom and you'll come to a place where you say, Reverend Benjamin, I don't want to belong to this bottom anymore. I need you to stand with me in prayer. You will go to a brother and say, brother, I've been suffering from this disease. It has been killing me. In fact, this thing killed my grandmother and it has killed my mother. It looks like it is also coming to me. Brother, can you stand with me in prayer? Because I am tired of this bottom. Somebody needs to come to that place. And until you get there, you are not ready for a transition. Am I talking to somebody? Somebody needs to come to the place of being restless and you will find God. He positioned himself in that restlessness and God said, now let me show you my goodness. Amen? I came to tell somebody at Global Crossfire that if somebody can say to themselves and and God and say, Lord, I am tired of this place. You will find yourself being helped and moved by God into a rocker position. Esau was down, but he came up again in the name of Jesus. Today, I didn't come to talk long, but so let me move on into my second point. Joseph is the next example I want to give. Joseph, Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. Genesis 50 verse 20. Listen to what Joseph said. He said, but as for you, you meant it, you meant evil rather against me, rock bottom. Evil against me, that's rock bottom. But God meant it for good, that is a rock up. 
statement. Are you following? In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people's life. What is the story? The Bible says that Joseph was a young man. He had a dream, a dream that we believe is from God. He shared his, his dream out of excitement to his brothers. The brothers hated him because the dream meant that they were, he was going to be superior over all of them. Two times the dream came and two times he shared to his brothers. The Bible says in all of those times, their hatred for him multiplied and increased. Have you met people who hate to hear your good news? <laughs> when you smile, it is like something is coming down on them. Your smile gives them their cringe. What is, what is happening with this lady now? What is happening with this sister or this brother now? And so it was for jo Joseph. Joseph now, the Bible says, because of the hatred, their brothers now plotted. Now this is where he began to experience a rock bottom position in his life. Bible says that they were plotting to kill him. But somehow they decided not to kill him. So the first thing they did was that they decided to dig a hole and throw him into the hole. So he was ended up in a pit. That is a rock bottom position. Somebody say pit. He was in the pit, rock bottom. They decided to kill him. Another rock bottom idea. They threw him into the ditch. Sorry, I've said that already. They, uh, they sold him into slavery. That is another rock bottom. I mean, thinking to kill you is one thing. Throw me into a pit is another thing. Then the third thing is that you find traders that are buying people for slavery and you sold me to them. Slavery is a very difficult position to be. When you are a slave of somebody, what it means is that you have become the legal property of that person. It is different from servanthood and tomorrow night I'll talk about it. Slavery and servanthood are two different things. Sometimes when you use the word servant, it sounds as if you are trying to call somebody into slavery for the person to become your yes or master person. No, servanthood is about service and it is, it is about a choice that you decide to give and offer your talent or whatever you have to assist somebody. But when it comes to slavery, it is by force. You are made to do it. You have no contribution in the matter. Tomorrow night we can talk about that. But they made Joseph, a slave. Then he went to the, uh, Egypt and they sold him into somebody's house. You know, when he was in the hands of the traders, he was a slave. But when he ended up in the house of a man called Potiphar, he became a servant. Because in that house, he was able to contribute something to the growth of the house. Slaves don't do that. They only go, yes, yes, and that's it. But when it comes to servanthood, it demands a little bit more. You are actually rewarded for service. Amen? So, Joseph ended up in that position and he was in a rock bottom position. In Potiphar's house. So, number one, they decided to kill him. Rock bottom. When I say, say rock bottom, they decided to kill him. They put him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. In Potiphar's house, let me give you the fourth one. In Potiphar's house, the Bible says he was doing well. And it was like, hey, now the man is rocking up. Everything is going well. The wife of Potiphar came along and said, you must service me too. <laughs> Thank you. You are getting the, the picture now. The, the woman said, you are the servant of the house. Your master has given you control over everything. But what she didn't know was that Joseph had a contract not a literal contract, but a contract in his mind. And in that contract, Mrs. Potiphar was not there to be serviced. 
Are you following me, somebody? Mrs. Potiphar was not in the service contract. So Joseph said, yes, I'm the servant of the house, but I cannot service you because you have not been given me. I am not, you are not part of the people I'm supposed to control, madam. But the woman said, no, 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 no. You are too fine for you to go this way. I must have you by all means. And I'll read rock bottom. The man was hitting a rock bottom. Temptation of, let me read it to you so that you can get the picture properly. Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> oh, before, okay. So, Potiphar's house was another thing. Let me just read one thing. So, uh, no, let me, let me follow my trend so that I can get to a certain point. I, I want to take my time. So, Joseph had hit rock bottom by this temptation and it was tough for him. Then he was wrongly accused by the woman. Rock bottom. So, according to the accusation, he had to be put into prison rock bottom he was jailed for years rock bottom wrongly oh wrongly do I have some Nigerians in the house wrongly oh <laughs> hey in prison the man was also forgotten by somebody that was supposed to remember him rock bottom he was forgotten he was doing so fine well you know, in the, in the house, he was doing fine. Now he got to prison. There was something about the guy that you could not destroy. Are you catching me? There is something about you, a child of God, that the devil can try. He can twist. He can turn. He can manipulate. He can turn you upside and down and hit you up and down. You will still not be destroyed. He can put you in a rock bottom, but you will rock up in Jesus' name. I came to tell somebody that your time is due for a rock up. In Jesus' name. So Joseph could not be destroyed. He was doing so fine in the prison. They made him a, a chief of the prison as well. And he was interpreting dreams. He never lost his ability to serve. Even in prison. He was not bitter. When you read a story, the Bible says that when he went to serve these two people that were also there. And he, he said, what is your problem? They were sad. If it was you. You'll be minding your own business. I mean, if it was me, let me talk about myself. I don't know about you, but me, I'll be minding my own business in my corner. I mean, I didn't do anything. Look at me. They throw me here. You come here. You mind your business. It's your trouble. <laughs> you know, but the Bible says he saw somebody very sad and he went, why are you so sad? And then they said, he said, tell me and I'll read to you what he said. Rock bottom. He was forgotten. But how did Joseph come out of this situation? Number one, and this is very important, this is how you come out of a rock bottom situation. And it's a very good example and I want you to write down. Number one, he kept his faith in God. Everybody say he kept his faith. Joseph kept his faith in God. What does it mean to keep your faith in God? Number one, it means that you are a person who keeps God's word in your heart. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many of you know the scripture? Without faith, you cannot please God. So Joseph thought it wise, I must be able to keep the faith that I have in God at all costs. Whether I'm in the pits, whether I am in slavery, or in the servants, or in the situation where I'm being tempted, no matter what is going on in my life, I must keep the word of the Lord in my heart. That is what it means to keep your faith. Because faith only comes when you receive the word of the Lord. Amen. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes when you hear and hear and hear the word of God. As I preach to you now, you are receiving faith in your heart. Amen. Some of you came to church one way, but you are going to live in a multiple strength way. Amen. Yeah. Faith 
will arise in your spirit. And you will go and face that trouble in the week and you will come back with a testimony. Amen? So Joseph kept the faith. How do I know that? Listen to Genesis chapter 39 verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast a longing eyes on him. Somebody say a longing eyes. If you are a gentleman here and you've had a lady that have had a longing eyes for you, you know it's not an easy thing, yeah? And if you are a lady and a man decides to have a longing eyes for you, you even know you are in double trouble. Because as for we, the men, we go to the extreme. The ladies are a little better because they are a bit shy. Especially my African ladies. They are very polite. They won't tell you that they love you. They expect you to tell them you love them. Is that true? <laughs> but if you are the man chasing the woman, oh my goodness, some of you women, you know how we chase you. We will chase you to the taxi ranks. We will chase you to the train station. We will chase you in the bus stop. Everywhere, the man, when you don't expect him, they will appear. Flowers that you didn't expect, they will buy it for you. So, a longing eyes came upon Joseph. The woman said, I must have this man by all means. But, listen to what he said. But Joseph refused and said to his master's wife, Look, your master does not know what is it with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater than this in this house, than me in this house. Um, than I in this house, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. He has not given me permission over you. Listen to what he said. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? I thought he was going to say wickedness against my master. But listen to what he said. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against who? Against who? Is it against Potiphar? I thought Potiphar was the one who gave him all the benefits. But then he says against God. It means that he recognized that this position that I am now it's not about this man. There is a hand over my life that is controlling all of these things. And so if I go down, if I sin in this situation, I am not sinning against the master. I'm actually sinning against the God who is providing all these things for me. He said against God, not against Potiphar. Spotify is okay. He's a blesser. God uses people. And so when God uses people to bless you, don't begin to worship their people. Begin to recognize the God that caused them to bless you. That is what he was saying. Amen. He said, this is a man that is learning to keep his faith. Am I still on time? We can continue another time. Because I think you got the message. Did, have you got a message? <laughs> ah, 15 minutes. Okay. We will rock up. So, Joseph, the Bible says, said, I cannot sin against God. This is a man that is trying to keep his faith. I don't know, but in, in some time ago, if I was Joseph, I would be thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe it's good to just try it for one night, you know? One night. One night. Who will know? The master doesn't know anything. He doesn't care what I do in the house. Joseph said, the man doesn't care. Anything I do in the house, he's fine with it anyway. So, one night. One night. Hmm. You know, missus, I will think about it. And then you go to your room and you start playing it over. The way the woman said it, Joseph, you are a very nice man. I think we can do this together. Have you thought about having a baby? And Joseph could be playing this thing in his head. That is how the devil tricks you with temptation. It's so nice and it's so sweet. It keeps pumping and hitting your heart. Go for it. Go for it. 
go for it. And sometimes I know sometimes, I mean, I've been there before, so I know what I'm talking about. I can go so close and just open the door and, 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 and heavens will be open to me. But Joseph said, if I cross this line, I am only complicating my matter. I'm only making my matter worse. I'm already in a rock bottom position. It feels like there is a little relief for me. So the woman has seen something good about my life. Sometimes the devil can make you think that way. You are doing fine, my brother. So just giving is okay. It's just one time. One time. Sometimes in your office, it will be just one pound. Just add that one pound, you know. Add it to the, to the money and then nobody will see it. In fact, no. this work we do last time I was telling Minister Mary when it comes to finances in the church sometimes you can look at the money and you now I can teach you how to steal church money and nobody will know because I know the game do you know what I mean? you can do that but to the God that we serve we must be honest, amen? and that is why even when it is a penny we will still be able to say no devil, let me just leave it how it is because it's not my money it's God's business, amen? I will only take what is due. When it is my due, my trustees, I will tell them, this one, I want it. So make sure it comes to me. <laughs> Do you get me? So I don't have to steal. The temptations are everywhere. But a man that wants to keep their faith will say, no, like Joseph. Immediately, she, he said, no, to the woman. Didn't think about it. Didn't have to think about it. Because the minute you entertain it, Jesus said, you have already committed the act anyway. Do you remember the scripture? Jesus said, before you even commit adultery, when you think about it, you have already done it. It is the same with uh, Abraham when he went to sacrifice Isaac. The same thing. God told him, don't draw the sword and kill the boy because you have already thought about killing him and said, that is enough for me. And God said, I'll provide another one for you. Let your turn be. It is the same thing. It is all in the mind. Do you see? The devil has your mind as a playing field. If he can control your mind, he controls you. But I see a people today who are saying, no more devil, no more playing games in my mind. I am not rocking bottom. I am rocking up. I am rocking up. I am rocking up. I am coming out. No more rock bottoms. Break the temptation cycle. Break it. And come out of it in Jesus' name. You can. Joseph did it. You can do it. Jesus did it. You can do it. You can. Don't let anybody tell you that this is what everybody is doing. It's a lie. That is what they are doing. They've decided to join the club. Let them be. Even if it is a million people doing it and you are the only one to do right, stay in the right corner because it will bring you a blessing. Amen? Stay there. It will bring you a blessing. So let me finish. It says, so it was. As Joseph, uh, as she spoke, listen to this verse 10. Uh, Genesis 39 verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. This was a persistent, you know, temptation. It was coming, 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 coming. But Joseph never, that is a man that is trying to keep his faith. Number two, Joseph kept his faith by making sure that, no, by keeping the word of the Lord, that's how you keep your faith. By not compromising, you keep your faith. By persevering in righteousness and holiness, you keep your faith. By staying away from evil and sin, you keep your faith. You keep your faith by deciding to honor God with your lifestyle. That is how Joseph did it. He kept his faith by honoring God. Number two, the second thing that Joseph did to help him out of that rock bottom was that he continued to serve and do good to others. 
consider his service in the prison. Genesis chapter 40 verse 6. And Joseph came into them and, uh, in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the prison custody of his lost house saying, why do you look so sad today? Look at verse 8. And they said to him, we each had, have had a dream and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do, do not interpretation belong to God. Listen to how he always connected the whole thing to God. He said, is interpretations not unto God? It belongs to God. Tell them to me, please. <laughs> this was a man that is trying to make sure that he comes out of his bottom place. He says, I, I can do this, but it is not me. God can fix it. He kept serving. And like I was saying before, if I were him, I would stay in my corner. Never bother about anybody. I'm already having my crisis, my trouble. It's too much. Why should I be bothered about somebody who is looking sad? These people were the officers of Pharaoh. They had been living good before they came to prison. In fact, in prison, they, 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 were, they were made to, to actually live a better life in the prison because Joseph was their servant in the prison. So, if it was Joseph, do you see his picture? If it was him, I mean, if it, if it was me, I would have been thinking, why should I be bothered about these people? They have too much money to, to worry about. Let them deal with their own business. But he said, tell the dream to me. Tell the dream to me. I know a God to whom belong interpretations. If I can connect to that God, you will have your interpretations. Amen? And he served them. He served them so much that his dream interpretation came to pass exactly as he said it would. One was killed, the other was spared and restored. And it was to that one, he was the cupbearer, or, or, or yeah, the cupbearer, the butler. The one that was supposed to remember, Joseph told him, remember me, but he forgot. But he kept serving. So don't stop serving when you are in the bottom place. Amen? Because the temptation is that you would look at yourself and say, Pastor, I have no money to give to this project. This building project is too much money. I have, I have given my tithe and my offering. All that is left is my uh, bills to pay and I'm done. Like the woman who said to the prophet, all I have is a little uh, uh, dough. I will make it for myself and my son. We eat and we die the next day. Finish. That's all I have. But one that wants to come out of a bottom place will say, there must be something that I can do. Look around you. There must be something that I have. God must have blessed me somehow that I can use to begin to move again. Don't look down on yourself because you are down. There is a way up. Somebody look to somebody and say, there is a way up. Thirdly, Joseph kept his dream in his heart. How do I know that? Genesis 40 verse 14. But remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to the Pharaoh and get me out of this house. He was in prison. He had interpreted dreams for this guy and he knew the guy was going to be spared and he came to pass. So he told him, brother, okay, please, please, when you go, I know you are the Pharaoh's right-hand man. You are going to serve the Pharaoh. You have access that I will never have in my wildest dream. Look at me. But please, when you, this is begging, please, mention me to the Pharaoh. Why did he have to say that to this guy? Why? If he was just comfortable where he was, if he was a man that has forgotten his dream, 
Would he have told the guy, please mention me? Because he wanted to get out so he can fulfill his dream. Because when God showed him the dream, the prison was not supposed to be his end. Is somebody hearing me? When God gave you the prophecy, the prophecy did not say that when you go through the crisis, the crisis was going to be your end. So Joseph knew that the prison was not his end. It was not the end game for him. It wasn't part of the picture that he saw. So as far as he was concerned, God still has something in store for me. But in order for me to get there, I must get out of here. So he told the guy, please mention me. You are my way out. You are my ticket out. But unfortunately, the guy went and forgot him. The Bible says he forgot him because you see, sometimes we interpret it to mean that maybe it was God's timing and waiting. But the Bible says he forgot him. It means he literally had opportunities to have mentioned the guy, but he didn't do it. Until something came up and need arose. And then the need prompted his memory to think, ah, when I had the same need, I know a guy. Have you met friends who forget you until they crash in a certain need? Then they remember, oh, you used to drive them to work. So maybe now their car is not working. Let me call my brother. What's your name? <laughs> your name? Moses. Let me call brother. Oh, last time brother Moses gave me a lift. Let me call brother Moses. He will help me again. But all this while brother Moses has been forgotten. <laughs> maybe brother Moses needed some help from this same brother who is not thinking of him. And he never responded. But when the need arose, the brother said, ah, Last time, but Moses helped me. Let me go to him again. There are people like that all around. But Joseph said, remember me. But he was forgotten. Rock bottom. But you will not be there forever. Amen? Because if it means that God must cause a certain crisis to hit so that somebody can remember you, may it be so in the name of Jesus. That's what happened to him. God orchestrated that the, the guy, the, the king had a dream. Because it was time for the man to come out of the rock bottom. And lo and behold, when he interpreted the dream, the Pharaoh said, who in this kingdom is wiser than you? Be my next in command. Be in charge of everything. And he started controlling. From rock bottom, how many rock bottoms did we count for Joseph? Let's count again. He was, they, they were thinking to kill him. They threw him in the pit. They sold him into prison. He was tempted. He was jailed. How much have we counted? He was, rem- he was forgotten. Six areas of rock bottom. But the devil could not keep him there. Amen. You can have a million areas of rock bottom in your life. But I came to speak to somebody today. That you will rock up in the name of Jesus. You will rock up in the name of Jesus. You will rock up in the name of Jesus. I see somebody rock up in Jesus name. This church may be counted among the rock bottoms. But give yourself three more years. And when they are talking about churches in Ramsgate, they will mention your name. Three years. They will mention Global Crossfire Church in Ramsgate as the key influencers of this community. You will be mentioned. But you must do the right thing. That's what I'm trying to help you to understand. It is not about getting up from there and moving there. There's a process. There's a way. There is something we must all begin to do that will help us to get to that rock up position. If Global Crossfire will become the number three, the number two, and the number one church here in Ramsgate, there must be something the members will be doing right that will keep them at the top. Amen? It doesn't just happen. 
and God is speaking, I pray that you hear so that you position yourself for where God is trying to take you as a people. Amen? Your life will not be in the bottom forever. Like Joseph, it doesn't matter how many times you are knocked down. It doesn't matter how many times you are in the list of the list of the list. You may be in a rock bottom, but you will rock up to the glory of God. So three things Jonah did. He kept the faith. He kept on seven. Even in the bottom, he kept seven. Don't say to pastor, do you know, let me tell you something. So while pastor was trying to invite me, it was what? I was supposed to come three weeks ago, right? Then I postponed. And I work in the night. As I speak to you, I've been coming from night shift. And I drove, never mind. This is the second time it's dropped. It still survives. Amen. <laughs> Coming from night shift, 12-hour shift, you know. Then I drove nearly two hours to get here. I was here an hour ago trying to finish my notes. I tell my church, when I come to church and I'm missing my scriptures, it's not because I don't know what I'm saying. I'm tired. <laughs> so, there's a sacrifice involved. And so, I know God is doing something. I've come because I believe this word is for you. I would have stayed in London. I would have called pastor and said, I'm tired. Let me come another time when I'm off. But I came because this word is for somebody. I want you to rise to your feet. Let me finish so we can pray five minutes and we go. Am I good with time? Yeah, I'm time. Yeah. The other story that I wanted to share with you is about uh, Jonah. But, you know, you know, you, you got the message. How many of you have got the message? I don't need to go on and on, right? I, I believe, I think it's time for somebody to pray and speak to God and say, Lord, I, I, I'm tired of where you are not doing well. When it comes to your spiritual formation, when you come to your understanding in God, when it comes to your participation in church, when it comes to your family, when it comes to your wife, when it comes to your husband, when it comes to your children, there is a rock bottom that is not well. When it comes to your relationships, there is a rock bottom. Something is pushing you to do something very wrong, very wrong and you know it. It's knocking, knocking like Pharaoh's, uh, like Potiphar's wife, day after day, day after the day. It is coming. But the Bible says there is a God who is able to lift you up from the miry clay and put your feet on a rock to stay. Can you lift your hands in the next two minutes? I'm looking at the time. From the back to the front. Everybody lift your hands please. In the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, we pray. Visit us in a very special way. Lord, visit everyone that has their hands lifted. Every hand that is lifted is a representation of a certain heart, of a certain struggle, of a certain person. Lord, visit their troubles in the name of Jesus. The last time when I read in the book of Acts, when God visited a situation that was troublesome for Paul and Silas, the Bible says that the prison cell could not hold the presence of the Lord, so it shook the foundations of the problem and the people were free. Today, as you lift up your hands in the, as a sign of surrender, I declare let the spirit of the Lord visit every problem of life let the spirit of the Lord visit every crisis uh, and let the foundations of the problem shake, shake, 
shake, shake, shake. Let it move. Let it give way. So the power of the Lord will be seen. Rise up, my friend. Rise up, daughter of God. Rise up, son of God. Rise up, child of the living God. Rise up from the rock bottom. It is not your place anymore. Become restless. Become restless. Become restless. And let the Lord fulfill his work in your life. Yes, Lord. Put your hands together to the glory of God. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. I don't want to waste time. Let's lift up your lift up your hand and let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.